last week we started talking about not only law, but the six basic principle or elementary principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ or the God of the word of Christ. The six elementary principles. They are very important. They are foundational to our faith. You need to get it down pat. But friends, if you stay with that six foundations all your life, you'd have wasted the foundation because the foundation is needed for you to build something amazing, massive that will reach to heaven. The foundation is for you so that you can now build on it so that you can now come to full maturity maturity in the Lord. And so we want to study the foundation. We want to, we'll talk quickly about it in the next few seconds, but don't stay there. A lot of Christians just stay in foundation forever. They keep talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, and they're not advancing. And the Bible says those studies, those words, including the laws in of itself, they are milk. Again, milk are for babes. Babes have no power. Babes need to follow rules. They have no authority. And so don't just stay in the foundation. So if we don't stay in the foundation, where do we go? What do we study? And by the way, if, you haven't got, if you're new Christians, please, you need to get the foundation right. Go to Peter's. Peter, stand up. Look at the most, one of the most handsome men in this congregation. Yeah, isn't that beautiful man? Hallelujah. I shouldn't say beautiful man. That's kind of weird. Handsome man, you know. Oh, yeah. So he has a class at 10 o'clock. So I encourage you, you know, you, you, you come in the morning, come worship and join the class. And then after that, come join the service, you know. But if you already got the foundation, please don't stay there. Don't waste your time. Because I'll guarantee you that you will fall back. You'll fall back to laws. You'll fall back to religion. Eventually fall back to sin. So where it is we go from here? What is it that we're supposed to study? Now, before we go on, I just want to repeat to you what the foundation is. Foundation of the, uh, uh, the foundation of repentance from works. Foundation of faith towards God. Some foundation of the doctrine of baptism. Laying on of hands. Resurrection of the dead. And eternal judgment. Foundation. This is the foundation. You have to have it. But please don't keep talking about it. If you're a Christian for over five years, this should be a second nature to you as opposed to having a discussion and a Bible study and a cell group about it. Unless you're babes in Christ. Are you here this morning? So we need to move on to something greater. And chapter, chapter 6 Hebrews verse 4, it says, For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, verse, verse 5, and have tasted the goodness of God and the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, and, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying against the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. See, when I first read about this and been taught about the Scriptures, you know, I was told that it's talking about, you know, it is impossible for people to backslide and then come back, you know, repent again because when you do, you're re-crucifying Jesus again. You don't want to re-crucify Jesus. So don't re-crucify Jesus so we have been, tell, have been told. But the truth of the matter is that you can't re-crucify Jesus if you, even if you try to. John chapter 10 says, Jesus said, I am the only one who has the authority to take up my life and lay it down. The fact that he was crucified the last time, it was not, it was not the doings of the Romans or even the Jews. It was Jesus himself laid his life down. So you can't re-crucify Jesus even if you try to. 
So what is he saying? The point he's saying is this, is that it is, all, it is impossible for those who have tasted what chapter, four, chapter, <laughs> chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 talks about, if they have experienced it, it's impossible for them to fall away and then repent. Impossible to fall away. Impossible to fall back. Fall back to what? Fall back to the law. You know, the book of Hebrews is talking about between the law and the grace of God. If you, if you, if you study the Hebrew, it just goes back and forth, back and forth. Like, for example, Hebrews chapter 1, I didn't put it up there. It says that in long, long time ago, by, by many ways and in many places, God spoke to his people through the prophets. But in these last days, it says, chapter 1, verse 1, is that God is now speaking to us through his son. So that's a different season that we're in as opposed to the days of prophets in the days of old. But today, through his son, God speak to us. Amen. So that's a different, so Hebrew is just back and forth, back and forth. And so he's talking about for the people, it's impossible for them to fall back into law. Fall back into religion. Fall back into, into babes. Fall back into, into a place where they, 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 they into religion. And, and I, I said that if you fall into law, you ultimately fall back into sin because it's only by the grace of God that you are saved and forgiven and have victory. So it is impossible for you to fall back. So what he's saying is this. And, and by the way, to recrucify Jesus is like an idiom. It's like, you know, in our North American uh, society, we have idioms like when pigs fly. Well, pigs never fly. Have you seen a pig fly? So when people say, oh, yeah, I believe it when pigs fly, they basically being to totally sarcastic of what it is you're saying, you know? Like say, oh, I believe I'm going to be an actor. Oh, yeah, when pigs fly. Which means they say, no, you're not, right? That's, that's, that's what it means. That's what the bride of he was trying to tell us. It's absolutely impossible to recrucify Jesus. In other words, it is as impossible as those who will taste the five things that I'm going to talk about that we're going to pursue to fall back. Impossible. So if we're not studying the, the fundamental, elementary, basic principles of the word of Christ, what is it we are going to pursue? Five things. If you have pursued these five things and you're pursuing these five things, the word of God guarantees that you'll never fall back. Not, not to the law, not to sin. Because law brings you back to sin. All right. Here we go. Five things. First thing is, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. You know what enlightened is? It sounds like a very new age word, but it's actually from the, old, from, from the Bible. But in our charismatic vernacular, it's called Revelation. It is impossible for you to fall back if you have the revelation of God. You know, a lot of people know about the gospel. A lot of people know about the goodness of God. A lot of people know about God forgives them and the grace of God. They know about it. They, they even have a mental assent, a, a mental agreement to what it is that we're preaching. It's logical. It makes sense. But they never had a revelation. You know, revelation actually means spiritual epiphany. You know what an epiphany is? Like a light bulb just goes up. Oh, I can't believe it. That's what believers need to have. Not just mental ascent. Not just something that sounds logical. But that in your spirit, it's like a super massive explosion. Just go, whoa. 
You need a revelation on the grace of God. You need a revelation of Jesus. You need a revelation about, about his glory. You need a revelation about his, his, his mercy, his abundant supplies, his authority, authority that he had given you. You need to have revelation on that. You need to have a revelation on faith. You need to have that revelation. That revelation is needed for you or in order for you not to fall back. You know, many believers have the experience, a, a mental experience about Christianity. They have even an emotional experience about Christianity. But how do you know that even those experiences, you will fall back? I just, I heard the other day, you know, from a, a guy from uh, uh, um, uh, Northern California, you know, and, and he's a pretty popular preacher, you know. He's had an initial of KV, you know, and you can just go guess and figure it out. But he said that he knew someone in the renewal, young people in, in, in that church that had fallen under the power of God for six hours under the power of God. Today, he's an atheist. Is it, is it possible? Of course it is. You can have an emotional experience. You can have intellectual experience. You can have all kinds of experience. And God in His grace and mercy will let you have it. But that in of itself, friends, will not save you. You need to have a revelation. Revelation in your faith. Not from a history book. Not from somebody who had told you, but that enlightenment, that go, whoa, I never knew. I knew, but I never knew. You understand? The second thing that you, we, we, you and I need to pursue and, 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 and to stay in is to taste the heavenly gift. Do you know what a heavenly gift is? The heavenly gift is Jesus himself. Jesus is the heavenly gift. A lot of people know Jesus mentally by history book. He's a kind man. He's a prophet. He's a teacher. You know, he's a son of God. But they really haven't tasted him. You know, word of God says that come and taste and see if the Lord is good. Have you tasted your God? Or oh, it's just... A historical figure, or it's just a religious figure, or it's just uh, uh, some stories that you've heard. Oh, friends, if you haven't tasted your God, I invite you to come and taste. You could be a Christian, join the church for 20 years, but you know, if you have not tasted this heavenly gift, taste it. It's like, you know what tasting is, right? It's one thing to eat. You know, baby, eat, right? They don't taste anything, but yet you get older, you know, you develop taste, but you know, it just, it just brings, you know, good food, what it does is that it invokes some emotional experience, nostalgic experience. That's why a lot of us, you know, like to eat food that our mama used to cook, or we like to eat food from an old village, or eat food from an old little town, you know. We like to eat all, kind, all kinds of food because it invokes all kinds of memories, because that Taste is just not, excuse me, but it's an entire experience. See, God wants you to have an experience with Him. Jesus wants to talk with you, walk with you. Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. That you got to taste this heavenly gift is so good. So come and taste. If you've been a Christian for a long time, and you haven't tasted it, today is your day to begin to taste the goodness of God. Because when you taste it, friends, there's nothing like it. You abandon everything for it. 
You know, a lot of people say, you know, in order for you to be a good Christian, you need to, you know, you, 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 you need to sell all you have. You need to sacrifice. That's like putting a cart before the horse. But I know of missionaries, pastors, you know, who had come from a very wealthy background, very rich background, and, and they forsook everything to decide to follow Jesus. Going to some country, not just as a temporary missionary for a couple of years, but to lay their life down for their country. That can only happen if you have tasted God. Tasted His goodness. The Word of God says that the kingdom of God is like a man when he found a treasure in a field. He hid it and he saw all, he went and saw all that he had so that he can come back and buy that field. Why? So that he can get to the treasure. When you have tasted Jesus, man, friends, you will sell all that you have. And you buy the whole big ugly field just to get to the treasure. Jesus. Have you experienced Jesus that way? Some of you sitting there and say, well, I don't know. That's kind of like a fantasy. It isn't. Is real, is there. Some of us have been Christian for a long time. We tasted the heavenly gift, but we've forgotten about it. Friends, I want to let you know that it's not too late for you to taste God again. Oh, Jesus, as he walks with me, as he talks with me, you know, that kind of experience. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to know him intimately and personally. That's what it means. And if you've tasted it, it's no way, no way you're going to go back to religion and rule-based religion. No way you're going to go back to the law. No way you're going to go back to sin because you've tasted it. Not only tasted the heavenly gift, but also shared the Holy Spirit. In some translation, it says companions of the Holy Spirit. In King James, it says partakers of the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? It's to be able to live and talk with the Holy Spirit. I, I love the book that was written by one of the pastors in, in Asia. His name is Dr. Cho. And he wrote this book that I, I often encourage leaders to read it. It's, it, it the title is, uh, Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. You know, in an accounting firm, you can have senior partner and junior partner. Junior partner basically are slaves, you know. <laughs> it's a senior partner telling them what to do, you know. And then the, the junior partner, they have to work like 20 hours, you know, just, just to, just to make, make themselves worth, worthy to be a partner, you know. And if a law firm is the same thing, you know, lawyers work really hard. And so the junior partner, you know, they've been told what to do and, and they, they've been told off or whatever. They can always lose their job. You know, you can be a partner and then still get fired. But once you're senior partner, well, that's a different story. Why? Because senior partner basically controls everything. A lot of times we don't have Holy Spirit, our senior pastor, uh, senior partner. We are the senior partner. The Holy Spirit is the junior partner. It's like we make a decision and then we want the Holy Spirit to go and help us to accomplish it. Sorry, that's why it hasn't worked, right, has it? You, 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 you really want that job. So you make a decision to apply for the job and then say, Holy Spirit, help me. What are you putting in the cart before the horse? How about hearing the Holy Spirit and say, if you should apply for the job in the first place? If the Holy Spirit said, yes, you go, you don't even need to ask him to help you. He will open a way for you by himself. Hallelujah. That's when he is a senior partner. See, when you are senior, when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is a senior partner, to, sh to share with the Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit is so sweet. He's not only re revealing his will and purpose, but he comforts. The Bible says he's a paraclete, that's a Greek word, which means he is a helper. Come alongside to help you out. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know, many of you have experienced the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. 
The Holy Spirit is not just in the worship service that you can have some goosebumps experience. The Holy Spirit is not just good music. The Holy Spirit is so powerful. You know, this week I, I was confronted with a situation that I felt very frustrated, you know. There was a need in the church and I just really want to meet that need and, and I know that I'm so limited in my capacity, in my giftings, in the resources that was afforded to me. I said, God, I just don't know how to do it. I was frustrated. I woke up in the, in the middle of the night on, on, the, on what, I think it's Thursday night, you know, Thursday morning, you know, three o'clock, I, I think, oh God, I just don't know what to do. So I went to read the Bible and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, don't be frustrated. You are expected to minister only within the grace I have extended to you. You are not expected to minister beyond the grace I've given you. In other words, beyond the resources, the giftings, the anointing, that I've given you. If you haven't been given that, don't be too ambitious. Trying to do more than you need to do. You know, a lot of times, pe preachers like me, you know, we have many preachers, friends around the world, you know, and so we talk to each other, we read each other Facebook message, you know, this sort of thing, and then we go, oh, I want to copy them. And guess what? That's not even our lane. And we got ourselves into trouble. We, we get exhausted. We, 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 we push ourselves too far. And so we ended up getting exhausted, burn out. Have you heard people say, I'm burnt out? Listen, if you're under the grace all the time, you will never get burnt out. Never. Never reach beyond your grace that God had given you. If you're not called to be a worship leader, you know, and you sing, sing like a chicken, no offense, right? You know, don't go and become a worship. Oh, I'm a God the Lord told me I'm. And then you go up there, you know, you embarrass yourself and everybody else around you, you know. Listen, if you can't sing, worship God. You know, you don't need talents to worship God. Are you here this morning? You don't need talents and gifts to worship God, but you know what you need uh, talent and gifts for? To operate in what He had called you to. He never called you anything without giving you the gifts and the grace to do it. So don't, come on, praise the Lord. Don't overreach it. It's like money, you know. We always tell people, live way beneath your means. You know, don't go up beyond your means. Then get yourself in debt. Right, there are people that just, just, just way beyond me. It's, it's the grace, the same thing. Don't go beyond your means, you know. And then say, oh, the Lord wants me to do that. And then you get yourself burnt out. Friends, let me encourage you, be within the grace. If He'd given you two talents, operate in two talents. If He'd give you five talents, operate in five talents. You know, the Holy Spirit was rebuking me the other day. He said, son, you have allowed your ambition to rob you of your joy. Can I hear an amen? So quiet. We have allowed ambition, the ambition to have a bigger car, bigger house, and being jealous. You know, we compare ourselves to other people, you know, we're like, oh, I want more. You can't even stop and smell the roses. Why? Because we're trying to grow beyond our grace. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He talks to you. He teaches you. Gives you deep revelation to live life. Not just to preach. I always tell the Holy, ask the Holy Spirit, just, just, don't, just don't give me message only. Huh? I want more than message. Huh? I need you to teach me how to do life. How to live life well. Okay, next verse. Anybody up there? Tasted the goodness of God. Goodness of the Word of God. Do you know how good this is? 
This is an amazing book. You know, we talk about starting the uh, reading the reading assignment, four chapters uh, a day. You know, sometimes I find myself reading six and seven and eight chapters a day. You know, many many chapters, and I just I would just sit there and I go, oh, I can't I can't I, I I can't stop. I need to keep on going because friends, when you tasted the sweetness of the Word of God, it's not like you have to. Oh, you know, Pastor Paul say, oh, okay, all right, I do it. You know, don't do that, right? But I'll guarantee you, if you put some discipline in there and begin to start reading the Word of God consistently, persistently, the Bible says you need no man to teach you anything because I'm going to teach you. The Word of God says the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. And can you imagine, you know, you sit there from, you know, not only you get revelation on Sunday when you come to church, Pastor Paul is speaking, you know, but, you know, when you're at home, you know, you're sitting there and you're reading the Word of God and revelation start popping up in the Word. You go, whoa, whoa. I tell you, your day will be so amazing. It can happen every single day. That is the goodness of the Word of God. The Word of God has all kinds of promises, have all kinds of wisdom, has all kinds of secrets in life that you can discover. That, eat that, it's sweet, it's good, it's awesome. And if you tasted the goodness of God, there's no way you're going to go back to law. And therefore, there's no way you're going to go back to sin. The Word of God is sweet, it's powerful, it's amazing. You sharpen it into a sword. The Word of God is amazing. Last one. And the powers of the age to come. Friends, have you experienced the powers of the age to come? You know that the powers of the age to come is available to you today. Not only in the age to come. Not only when you die. Now, if you've been in this church for, you know, for a while, you know that we always believe in the power of miracles, signs, and wonders. We're believing in multiply food, and we're believing the power of God at work on our behalf, the power of God that is partnering with us. Actually, I should say we partnering with the power of God. It's amazing when you know how the power of God works. You know, most believers are so content with just going to church once a week. That's fine. That's really good. Most Christians are even content with just listening to good worship music on Spotify or Apple Music or Google Music or whatever that's out there these days. Pandora, you know. But the word of the, the power of God is beyond that. Bring healing. Bring multiplying of food. Bring miracles. You know, heal the comfort. Open the prison door for those who are being oppressed and bound and, and in bondage. That's the power of God. Oh, friends, the power of God knows no limits. It's amazing. And I want to encourage you to experience it. You know, I've experienced the power of God in my life many, many times. And because of that, there's no way I'm going back to religion. And I remember when I was young, you know, my mom is here. She's sitting right back there. Oh, my mom's so sweet, right? My mom, my sister, they all know that I, I was, when I was younger, you know, you know, young people, you know, I have all kinds of sickness on my body. And I would throw up blood in the middle of the night, and they all panic and excited, especially my dad. You know, he got excited easily. I, you know, so, you know, go to the hospital, you know, keep going back to the hospital and go to the hospital. Hospital and me is like second home, you know. It's just, just really awful, you know. And, and um and then uh, one day, you know, we were in the crusade. My mom was fasting for three days, you know, for that, for that, for the preacher, Pastor Cho from Korea. And he was fasting, oh God, you know, heal my boy, heal my boy. And she was fasting first day, second day, nothing happened, third day. And we were sitting in the bleachers, I'm way up, you know, like somewhere in the bleacher, you know, somewhere in the soccer stadium. And that preacher, when he was preaching, he pointed to our direction and said, yeah, young man, you know, you have this sickness, you know. My mom didn't understand English, right? She's still praying. And then my sister kind of understood it and told my mom. And we all got excited. Guess what? I'm healed. I've never gone, to the, I never gone back to the hospital for that sickness ever again. I'm healthy. Come on. That's the power of God. Power of God. The powers of the age to come. 
you know, you hear Peter, right? He doesn't even wear glasses anymore, you know. He looks a lot more handsome without glasses, right? And some of you are not wearing glasses because you have contact lenses. Nothing wrong with that. No shame to that. But wouldn't it be better if you don't even need contact lenses? He'll tell you stories about it and about how his wife, you know, how, you know, she was, she was gluten Gluten intolerant, you know, and couldn't eat all the nice pasta and pizza and all those amazing bread, you know. When you go to a restaurant, you, they serve all this fresh bread. Oh, I'm hungry already. Hallelujah. Praise God, you know. And then, you know, you, 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 just, you, just, you just spread all those nice buttery butter on it, you know. And then that's the meal itself, you know. Praise God. But she couldn't do that. But then again, they believe in God, you know, they took communion. Today, she can eat all the pasta she wants, you know. Hallelujah. This is the powers of the age to come. Friends, when you have tasted it, you do not want to go back. You don't want to go back. And that's why in verse 6 it says it's impossible to fall away. Impossible. It'd be a though you can re-crucify Jesus and you can't. Now verse 7. I'm starting my first close. <laughs> Here it is. For the land that has drunk. Land is you. Okay. For the land that has drunk. You need to drink. The rain that often falls out. You know, the reign of the Lord is coming down on you even as I speak. Most people allow the rain just to go on the side. They're not drinking nothing. It's just like taking a shower, you know, soaking. But you're supposed to drink it. You know, all those five things we talk about, the power of God, the, 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 the goodness of the Word of God, the, the power of the age to come and partaking in the Spirit, you know, of the Holy Spirit and know the gift of heaven that is Jesus. You know, all those great things we talk about, they are like showers of the grace of God happening all the time. But some people don't even know it. Friends, right now, you have the opportunity to start drinking from it. Say, Lord, I'm going to start pursuing this. I'm going to study the Word of God to know about what this pastor is talking about. I'm going to listen to this message again when I come, go home, you know, go to YouTube or iPod just, just to listen again. Just allow this to begin to rain on me and shower, let the Word of God shower on me and I'm going to drink it. And guess what's going to happen when you drink it? It produces a crop useful to those whose sake is cultivated. Who are these people? The kingdom of God. You will bring incredible value and benefits to the kingdom of God with all the power that's in you, with all the experiences to have. And you know, as if that's not enough to have, to, to have great fruits in your life, you will receive blessing again from God. Wow. Double blessing. I want you to turn, to, we're going to circle back to what we talked about two weeks ago. How to harness the authority and power over you. In other words, come to the place of maturity that you can have all your prayers answered. Go ahead to go to John chapter 15. I'm going to pop back here later. John 15, second close. All right. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever he wishes or you wish. Are you here this morning? Is he a liar? I'm asking, is he a liar? So he said, ask whatever you wish, 
and it will be done for you. Why? Why is that important for Jesus? Because by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruits and so prove to be my disciple. Guess what? Being fruitful, having a full of crops is to have your prayer answer. And that's when you come to the full maturity in your faith that you'll see prayer answer. You pray for the sick, you'll come. You pray for provision, you'll come. You have full access to all that God has for you in Jesus' name. That's when you come to full maturity. So friends, don't pursue the law. Don't pursue the elementary principles of things, but pursue the five things that, that the writer of Hebrews speak about. Let's go back to the five things. This is my, my third close. Glory to God. Go to chapter 7. Actually, go to chapter 8. But for those people who let the rain just go by, they don't drink it. The rain comes on them. And all they could produce is stones and thistles, briars in King James. It's worthless and near to being cursed. Have you met those many believers? All they know is just words and really there's no fruits in their lives. Talk, talk, talk. And do you know what briars or thistles and thorns represent in the Word of God? Punishment and judgment. If your life is not fruitful, you notice, if Christians' lives are not fruitful, what they have usually is a lot of words on punishment and judgment. They always talk about punishment and judgment. Punishment and judgment. Very prickly. You know thorns, eh? Have you ever, have you ever grabbed a, a rose, a red rose? Some, I saw somebody was have like a dozen roses just now. God bless you. Somebody gave her a dozen roses as a mother, you know. And can, you know, these days they kind of cut those briars off, those those thorns off. But you know, natural one you you handle it, it'll 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 hurt you. Have you been to around believers that you know you hang out with them, you just get get really pricked, you know, hurt you. They they just poke you. It's always about punishment and judgment and condemnation and. <sighs> this is not the life you've been called to live. You've been called to be fruitful been called to you crops you've been called friends not in punishment and judgment you've been called to have your prayer answer come to the place of maturity this you know how you can test if a person is mature is it because he knows a lot of bible the pharisees knew a lot of bible but they they like babes the bible says many church church people in in from the new testament church to today who have mixed the law and grace. God calls them babes. They know the law all right. But you know what? It's a litmus test of maturity. Are you ready for this? Go back to the title page. It's right there. Prayers answered. Come on. You can think of yourself being super mature, you know, know the Word of God, memorize it inside out, so what? Maturity comes from prayer answer because at that time, you're no longer babes, treated like slaves, follow rules, have no power and authority. But now, as you're mature, you can command things to come into being, hallelujah. You can pray for things to come into your life. That's the promise of God, amen. Did you learn something today? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God all the praise.